following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Blowing out of the backfield, exploding down the sideline. This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Now, your hosts. Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, Jesse Holly, and Shannon Gross. Thursday, 11.30 a.m. Central Time. So you know that can mean only one thing, that you get a live look. Tostitas Championship Plaza at (laughs) Ford Center at the Star. It is a brisk 26 degrees in Frisco, Texas, man. And it's windy. And it feels like 15 degrees outside, fellas. Winter has finally arrived. It took midway through February to get here, but we finally have it. And welcome to the show. Hanging with the boys, presented by Wingstop, Nate Newton, Jesse Holly, Kurt Daniels, Shannon Gross. How are you? Chris Beam on the ones and twos. How you fellas feeling? Got the Super Bowl behind us. We can start the season. We can move forward. Man, what a game. Did y'all see that coming? <laughs> I'm just so amazed that uh, the MVP Todd Bowles, man, it just amazed me uh, how he won that, you know, African-American coach on defense. Wow, that, that, that was so great, man. Yeah, that whole defense should have got MVP, right? Yeah, I... I, I well, I, Jesse, I, I know I got you stumped there like, wow. But you know what? I'm talking all defense. So everything y'all talk about today is going to be about defense for Nate. I'm just nah, I see, so I, I see I, where, I you're, going. Going I see where you're going yeah. with this. I see yeah. where you're going oh, with yeah. this. This is, oh, yeah. this is, a, this is a little foreshadowing, a little Man. bit of uh, – uh, Tom, you know, Brady, Tom Brady is so smart. And Shannon mm-hmm. said this yesterday when I called him because he was the only one to respond oh, to me because he where was is one not smart enough to realize that I was going all defense when I called y'all. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, <laughs> I'm like, wow, Shannon, did you like that defense? He, he like, well, uh, that's what I call you about to talk about defense. Y'all, are you ready? Why, why nobody in the Dallas area is ready to talk about defense, fellas? We're, we're, we're ready, Nate. We've been talking about it all year. Have you not been on this show? It just well, hasn't been in a positive light. Us, have they? Have they been <laughs> Now, let me stop clouding, man. Let's have a great show, fellas. Ain't no, 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 no. But I, I, I like where you're going with this. I, I like I, – I, I pick up what you're putting down and how defensively, while, yes, you had Tom Brady and, yes, he's the golden boy, defensively, to be able to to mount up and shut down a prolific offense like the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, despite they were making, missing their two tackles and their receivers dropped a ton of passes, mm. defense won that football game. The defense shut down the most high-powered offense in the National Football League. Uh, we can all agree on that. There isn't an offense yeah. that's more high-powered, more uh, 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 a ready to score points in bunches than the Kansas City Chiefs. And they were Unless basically... the team they played two weeks earlier. Right. <laughs> and and it, it, they, 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 Todd Bowles, to your credit, what you were saying, Nate put together a masterful game plan. Man, you know, it's, it seems just so... 
And I'm going where you're going, Nate, to have linebackers that can run and play and yeah. catch, you know, tackle and not have to do a, a dance move after every single play, but just get back up and line up and go to business, you know, go back to work. I mean, to have guys in the secondary to be able to do the stuff that they were doing, then your guys up front, they, they reap the benefits. When you know that behind you, my guys are going to be able to cover and be able to tackle, I can pin my, ear back, my ears back and just go to work up front. And we saw it on display on all three levels defensively for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that Super Bowl game. I, I just... Go ahead, I'm sorry. That was, that was something that, that I was kind of surprised about, Jesse. You mentioned those linebackers. I mean, I, I, you know, the front four is getting a lot of publicity for obviously they played a great game and put that pressure on, on Mahomes. But I was just surprised. I, I really didn't know those guys very well, but just to see how fast they were, how physical they were, they could, you know, come up for the run or drop back for the pass. I mean, it. I don't know. In some ways, I, I kind of thought maybe – the Cowboys were okay at linebacker, and, and you know they really needed to fortify that front. They still do, but man, what a difference it makes when you got some guys there in the middle who can really do both. I'm telling you something, man. And Jesse, you've been in meetings like this, and I've definitely been in meetings like this. When your defensive coordinator and your head coach walk in and say, "Fellas, we're gonna bracket these two guys," they automatically told you that four guys was not going to participate in the regular game plan. <laughs> we're going to have two guys on the wide receiver, and we're going to have two guys on the tight end. The rest of y'all, y'all going to have to play the, play the run and tag along with the pass. And when you got four guys, you, can't, you, cannot, you can only say that when you have four horses up front that can get it done. And they had the proper four horses up front. And, and, one, and one guy played with... Uh, with, with, with seven fingers. <laughs> he played with seven fingers, dog. He was a slot. That, that, that Mahomes scrambled for 497 yards is like the most all season. Without, not, that's not even, you know, gaining yards. He scrambled in the backfield 497 yards in that game with all that pressure he was getting. That's just, that's just insane. That, that, bro, I, I'm going to tell you something, man. Gets Washington. I don't even see where they participated. They got beat 31 to 23 by this team. New Orleans got a decent offense. They got beat 31-20. Green Bay 31-20. And that's with three interceptions by the quarterback in the second half. They was only able to mount up to. And then this thing that they did to one of the greatest young quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. I mean, but it's too bad we're gonna they're gonna get cherry picked because they won't be doing that again on defense because they're gonna get took. They got two guys, Barrett and another guy that's free agents. They gone. So they gone. Why Cowboys, why they free. You mean, like you said, they had two guys on taking out uh, Hill. They had two guys taking out Kelsey. Kelsey. Well, I mean, why couldn't Kansas City – I mean, there had to be somebody open. I mean, why couldn't they go to that short passing round? I mean, what was it just, just too much pressure? It, it was. And see, from the first play, from the first play – they tried to run a screen, and they, they was on him. Like, uh, Barrett was on him, 58. Like, nah, we ain't giving up screens. We ain't giving up the shorts. And they, they was like, okay, we're going to bracket these guys. So when you bracket a guy, you take away virtually, you take away Kelsey out of the middle of the field and all those things where teams were giving, well, we'll let him catch it in front of us. Well, he's a beast to tackle. And he can get down the seam and he can run. So you take away the short and the long on him and heel. Now you asking guys that are twos and threes to beat these other guys. 
and they felt they twos and threes were equal because their two, number two quarterback is only a burner. I mean, Rob, wide receiver, he's only a, just a get-down-the-field guy. So when he was trying to throw him long and they all over him, that wasn't happening. Uh, the offensive line, I think they had a hurt offensive line. Uh, that's no excuse. you to the Super Bowl. Now, nah, baby, you don't beat COVID and, COVID and everything else. It's time to ball. So, yeah, but that, but, how much a factor did that play, though? I mean, Kansas City lost their what is it, their left tackle, Fisher. They lost him in the they'll find him next year. I mean, oh, they'll find him next year. I think it had I think it had some factor in it, but the thing that's this Kansas City offense is predicated on is the big play, and they 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 almost they pull you to deep waters and let you drown with the big plays, and they and they want you to to match their big playability. And most teams can't. But when the big play isn't happening and the thing that usually gets you going in the short game is Travis Kelsey. Yes, sir. throughout this entire year, he's been unguardable. So when your big plays are not happening, and they had a couple of them where, you know, Pat was just a little bit off, and that's because the the rush was coming and he wasn't able to set and throw. Um, There there was about three or four of them that if he was able to connect – would have been touchdowns. And then that, that would have put you in that foot race again and say, all right, now they're up 21-7 or they're up 21-14 or mm. it's 21-all. And, and, and it's a battle back and forth. And they'll, you know, but when that deep game is not going, when they can't, when they can't hit you over the head with the, with the long passes and stuff like that, then they go and look say, okay, let's find Travis Kelsey in the middle because those receivers have lifted the defense. They have run these yes, vertical sir. routes, and now the defense is lifted. Now I got, which all year long, Travis Kelsey has been unguardable underneath, and I'll take my matchups all day long. And I don't care if it's a Devin White. I don't care if it's a, a whatever linebacker you want to name. I like my chances with Travis Kelsey against that linebacker. And they just said, listen, we're not giving that to you. And if you're going to connect with number receiver number two or three down the field, then we'll live with that. But we're not going to let Tyreek Hill give us the peace sign all day long and rush and, and have 230 yards receiving like he did in the first matchup. And we're not going to let Travis Kelsey have 150 yards like he did in the first matchup. We're going to take these two guys out, and you either have to beat us with the running game because we trust our front four, or Pringle or uh, one of these other guys, these secondary guys, will have to beat us. But these two guys won't be able to be us and they just couldn't connect on that and 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 they they bank on that they they bank on being able to say you guys are in a foot race and we are much better and much more equipped for a foot race and then you know 100 yard dash than most teams are they could never get it going and tom brady is so methodical when you watch that two minute drive right before the half um it takes me back to when the Cowboys played the Patriots in New England, and then they they methodically walked us down the field, and they scored a touchdown. They threw a touchdown pass to Aaron Hernandez with six seconds left. The very next year, I'm in New England, and and just so happened that we're reviewing that game, and to hear the backstory of how they knew they wanted to have the ball in that position. Um, to win a game with the time and how much time they were going to leave on the clock for the opposing team. And I just had a flashback because they said, we, we want to leave you with 10 seconds or less when you get the ball back. That Dallas game, there were six seconds left uh, when they got the ball back after that touchdown to try to you know come back and win a the game. They, we, we couldn't. 
And then before the half, you saw Kansas City got the ball around like, like six or seven seconds left to go in the half. And that was that, like Tom Brady is so good at that. He's so good at that. And that to me was really the nail in the coffin. Like before the second half even started, I was like, this is it. Like if they score here, this is it. Because even if Kansas City comes back out and score in the, in the third quarter, you got to give the ball back to Tom Brady. And he's going to systematically walk you down and burn up as much clock as he can. He's not going to turn the ball over. And they're just going to find a way just to smother you and suffocate you. And they did that in the second half. And, man, it was, it was, it was a great defensive effort by Tampa Bay. It, it, was, can, it was fun to watch defensively. You, you know what's so I, amazing? You know what's so I, amazing? Can I do a real quick insanity check on this show? I just want to do that real quick. <laughs> Is there yes, anyone sir. on this show that does not agree with me thinking that Tom Brady is hands down the greatest NFL quarterback of all time. Does anyone disagree with that on this show? Mm. I mean, hard, hard got, to argue. Nate, Nate, Nate has a guy who won three Super Bowls with, so he may have he may have a different story. Let me say this right here, man. Let me say this right here. When you have a guy like Leonard Fournette, that everybody in the league kicked to the curb, mm -hmm. except one guy. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady told him right before the playoffs, "Get your hard hat on. Let's get in. The, you will be in the film room with me. You will not leave the field until I leave the field after practice. And because I need you, I need you to bring these linebackers down. We don't want to worry about taking the top off and getting the linebackers deep. I want you to bring them so I can work with Gronk and with Antonio Brown across that middle." And he worked with these guys. And you heard story after story after story all week of Tom Brady said this. Tom Brady mm -hmm. told me this. Tom Brady calmed me like this. And I'm saying to myself, Johnny United, move over, baby. You've met your match. Montana, move over, man. Give him some room. You've, you've got a guy that thinks like you think. And, and – Deion Sanders told me seven or eight years ago, he said the master, he said, nope, everybody get killed for doing this. And Tom Brady been doing it for 20 years now, dinking and dunking and taking what the defense give him. Mm -hmm. And he wins game. And we criticize every other quarterback for managing games. But we don't, we don't, we don't criticize the GOAT. Just think about it now. He would dink That's and true. dunk you down the field. And nobody says nothing. Oh, he don't have a long game. Well, he threw more long balls than anybody. But when he needed to dink and dunk against Green Bay, he did it. When he needed to dink and dunk against this uh, team here, he did it. You heard Jesse say 85 years ago against Dallas, he dink and dunked. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah Win the game. His, yeah, his stats in that game were pretty pedestrian overall. I mean, you're exactly right. He takes what the defense gives you. But... The thing that impressed me through that whole week, like you said, Nate, you heard these stories come out about him, you know, sending texts to players. I think one guy was crying after the AFC championship or the yeah the AFC champ NFC championship, and he said, you know, that stop it, no crying. We still got a game to win, you know. And I, it made me wonder, you know, that's the kind of leadership you wonder if the Cowboys have, you know, do, and how long have they not had it? But 
you know, again, he's the he's the greatest, and he, anything he says, guys are going to listen. Maybe he's got the skins on the wall where nobody in Dallas really has that. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Troy Aikman had it, even when we were losing. It's called that that unbreakable will. That when I walk through those doors, no matter what I've done off the field, when I walk through these doors of the place that I'm employed at, my whole attitude changed. And for those eight or nine or maybe ten hours you're there, all you see is football in me. And right, Tom Brady has the skins, but this is something he even told his owner when they drafted him. He said, I'm something special. You will enjoy me while I'm here. He told his owner that. He I said, mean, I will give you all that I got. Have so, the Cowboys had that since Aikman? I mean, did you see that kind of stuff in, in Romo, Jesse? Or do we see it in Dak? Yes. Um, but there's different degrees of it. Um, yes, it is. And again, Tom, you know, only Tom Brady can tell a guy, hey, who's never been to the championship, who's never been to the Super Bowl, who's never won an NFC championship, hey, listen, don't don't cry. We ain't done. Like, I know this is probably the pinnacle of where you've been at in your career, but I'm just here to tell you, I, you know, this is this is number 10 for me. So <laughs> I know I know what it's going to take to win this against that team. So dry your eyes. We still got work to do. And in that moment, you know, you look at this guy and you go, oh, snap. He knows what he's talking about. And you kind of, you know, you kind of lock in. It's a different story when the guys that you're trying to go to battle with, you're all on the same page. In the sense of, you know, Tony could never tell a guy, hey, don't, 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 listen, dry your eyes. We got to win the Super Bowl. I, I know what it takes to get there because he's never done it. Mm-hmm. Same, you know, same thing with Dak. While they both have leadership, they, they, they're all kind of on the same playing field when it comes to the elevation of play in the playoffs. Not the, the people around Tony Romo, the people around Dak Prescott. You know, Jason Witten couldn't tell those guys that because he never done it. So mm-hmm. it's different when you hear it from a guy who's done it not only once, twice, three, four, five, <laughs> six times. Right now you go, oh, okay. When he speaks, it 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 it, it kind of reverberates with a different tone, you know, across the locker room because like this is a guy who's actually done it opposed to a guy who's saying it and you're, you know you know he, he means well but you're like yeah dude like enjoy this with me you know what i'm saying like we we never been here before and tom's like enjoy this little moment but we got a, we got a bigger picture let me ask you this right here and this is a question to all you guys i see tom brady in a few commercials but i'm gonna ask you this right here and, and it's no barb at nobody because we all make money off of the dallas cowboys but during the offseason, every time we hear about Tom Brady, it's in connection to what? Is it football? Mm-hmm. Or is it in connection to other things? Who got in trouble this past offseason? The most trouble for breaking COVID rules. He did. He did. Now, we, we saw Dak try to do the same thing, but it was just out of control when Tom Brady was taking these guys to not his home, but to a, a football field, high school football field. Every time you hear a Tom Brady, even when you hear the ba- oh, he massaged the footballs. What was it in connection with? You don't have enough guys on this team, and I can honestly say this, you know, and, and don't worry about 
they don't love the game enough to to step up to somebody and say this is what you should do people that love the game stays around the game you know and i like i told people i didn't understand and truly appreciate the game until late in my career so it can happen for everybody but you got to have enough horses around you that's pulling in the right direction so when that one get out of line just like you know a bobsled you know you got a dog that's behind you in the back that know what's going on and one in the front so if you get out of line with that one that's in the front that's pulling that one in the back gonna snip your heels and get you back in line ain't no heel <laughs> snippers here bro that can lead all he want he ain't got no heel snippers bro <laughs> What's wrong? Why y'all laughing, man? I'm, I'm trying to be I like, serious. I've like heard that. that analogy before. I, I like that analogy. I like that. I like that, is a, that should be a headline. Nick should write that this year. The Cowboys ain't got no heel snippers. Uh, I, that, would, that, would some, that would get some clicks. All right, I tell you what. You brought this up, Nate. We'll let, we'll let Kurt get into it when we come back. Talked about the offseason, breaking, breaking protocol, there's going to be a lot of talk about how they handled the offseason this year with, with COVID. Yes, sir. That was a good the way read. They handled it, handled it last year. Um, the president of the NFLPA came out uh, back at the, I believe, the end of December and talked about how they should have less of a offseason program because it was beneficial and then listed a, a lot of reasons why. I want to get y'all's take on this and Kurt. Get your notebook ready because you got all the talking points on this one. So we'll turn it over to you. But let's <laughs> let's talk about because it it's a very interesting conversation, um, and I think we're going to have different points of view on it. So stay tuned. We'll get into that. We'll get into a lot more when we come back. Take our first break. We'll be right back on Hanging with the Boys. Is your family a Cowboys family? Have you taken holiday photos at the Star? Was your wedding theme blue and silver? Have you convinced your kids them is spelled with a D? If so, every game day feels like a vacation to you, so treat it like one. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Just like all of you, we at SeatGeek can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for Hanging with the Boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Hanging with the Boys. 
Watching the game in old basketball shorts or baggy sweats is for amateurs. If you want to relax like a pro, upgrade to the comfort of Tommy John loungewear. It looks awesome, feels even better. It's got pockets for snacks and is machine washable for any unpredictable nacho cheese fill. Shop loungewear at tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys for 15% off your first order. tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys. Nate wears them while he drinks his coffee and bangs his cup loudly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shannon. Okay, I am so mate. sorry. It is okay. This, this, hey. I I'm mean, Jesse can, can cuss and do all these things, and you never mentioned that. Uh, well, he doesn't do it on the show. That's why. Oh, oh, that's right. Cuss. He doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Jesse, just, uh, Jesse I'm actually sorry. did not I'm cuss. sorry, Jesse. I, I he apologize. Put, he put the symbols in there. I'm just the bus driver, and you're the rowdy children on this show. So I, everyone while, I have to call <laughs> you out. So. Uh, I'm a tattle, I'm a big tattletale. Nate's a big tattletale. I'm gonna tell y'all something right now. <laughs> People who are listening at home, if you do not want it broadcast, <laughs> do not tell it to Nathaniel because uh, it's gonna come out. Nate, hey, hey, it's hey, hey, let me ask you this, Jesse. My 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 uncle listens to this show, and and uh. In the crock pot, the ribs and all of that, I said I wanted some shrimp. I was going to try to fry some shrimp, so I was calling around to ask how to do that. He said, well, ask Jesse. He may put it in a crock pot. I said, Jesse don't put no fried shrimp in a crock pot. He said, you never know. He do everything else. So, I put them in the air fryer, though. I will put some shrimp in the air fryer. That's okay. I, t- I tell you, I tell you who, who Nate is to our group. You know how you have those friends where you always have to say, hey, Make sure, you know, don't, this isn't public knowledge. Don't tell anybody. It's like, oh, I wouldn't tell anybody that. Unless you tell them that and give them that disclaimer, there is a very good possibility that something will be talked about that you say off the air that, like, but you just got to make sure you put that in there because if not, there's a chance that what you talk about will get out. So, Okay, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Nate's, Nate's that friend. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay because uh, I don't think you've ever said anything on the show that we were like, man, why did you say that on the air yet? Oh, I got something that your mom said that I was <laughs> yes. to put on oh there that you were like, what? Oh I'm not going to do that. No. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let Mother Gross tell, tell that story. <laughs> when she gets back on the show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, Kurt. Talk us through this. Yeah. Uh, J.C., what is it, Treader, Treater, however Treader. you pronounce his name, the, the, Treader, the president yeah. of the NFLPA, had some uh, comments. You sent us the article over, over this week, and uh, it's very interesting. I talked to Nate about it uh, yesterday, and he had some interesting comments, and I want to know what you guys – so give us kind of the Cliff Notes version of, of what the, the president of the NFLPA had to say, Kurt. Yeah, he just said that, you know, well, this past season due to COVID, there, a lot of the off-season uh, programs were, they didn't happen. You know, there was no OTAs, there was no mini camp. It was all done, the meetings were done virtually. There's no, you know, off-season workouts of any kind. Training camp was shortened up a little. Preseason games were obviously gone. What the, the president of the NFLPA was saying, that this should be the new norm, that, uh, that I think he said, uh, his quote was, I believe the changes implemented this season have demonstrated that we can put an entertaining product on the field while further reducing wear and tear on our players' bodies. And so, you know, he felt that, um, you know, the, the games weren't that sloppy starting out, that there was high scoring, they were fun to watch. And because of that, um, you know, if there wasn't a need to have players there all summer, 
uh, coming in in the spring to do these off-season workouts. And so, um, you know, it, it, it kind of flew under the radar, but in, in reading this, I, I definitely want to get, you know, Nate, you and Jesse's uh, opinions on, as former players, yes, it would save some wear and tear maybe, but wouldn't it really affect the quality on the field? Ah, uh, like I told Shannon yesterday, the love of money would not let this happen. <laughs> Merchandise has to be sold. Players have to be visible. TVs have to get their cuts and their takes. And to, 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 to build up until this season, they may cut back some days or maybe some hours of when the player is going to be on field, but the ownership would not let this go because they need their dollars. And when it comes to the production part, I mean, you guys remember earlier in the year, we were, we had a record pace of torn ACLs and Achilles injuries that we saw earlier in the football season from guys, uh, bodies who just haven't adjusted. And the more, the more time off, away from the facilities, that you give these professional athletes, and I use the, I use the term professional loosely, because some of them don't act professionally. Um, Nate Newton. The more time that you give them off, the more and more you're going to see showing up out of shape, trouble off the field. See, it's easy, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, sure, let's not have these things when there's a pandemic and you cannot go anywhere. Right? When you're, when you're, when you're forced to stay in the home and ridiculed if you're caught outside of your home. It's a whole other thing if you're saying, let's not have these off-season workouts and I'm free to go party and hang out and do all those other things and not have to report anywhere until June or July. That's when you run to the, guys, we already saw guys coming out of shape when there was no access to the facilities. So when you continue to give guys these ability, this ability to not have to show up to a designated place, we are creatures of habit. We are creatures of routine. As professional and as profound as we may be as athletes, we need direction. And when we do not get direction, we get wayward. And that can lead to terrible outcomes. You'll have more players showing up to training camp out of shape trying to work themselves back in shape, the, the injury numbers will go through the roof and you'll start seeing more off the field incidents happening in, in regards to DUIs and domestic situations and you know fights and assault. Because when we, when we don't have direction, and I don't mean everybody, this is not, this is a, it is a, a broad for everybody, but there's a large majority of young, immature, very rich players who do not know how to handle themselves without a sense of direction. And so while it may seem good on the surface, like, oh yeah, see, we don't really need this. We saw earlier in the year, the product that was put on the field, it was ugly. It was really, really ugly. We saw the injury numbers earlier in the fear, the, early in the year, those were, and they were all like ACL. They were all like seizing ending injuries. I, I think that's a bad idea. I really do. I, I think structure for, for, for athletes, especially football players, and Nate, you can speak to this. I know for me, that structure is something that was so paramount 
uh, uh, for everything that, that we do. And when you take that away and, you know, and, and Gronk joked about it, he said, yeah, well, what I did was I ran on a Monday and I just put on three different shirts and sent it in. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm a and everybody's not Gronk, but you think that's the mentality, right? That is that here's Rob Gronkowski. And he's like, I'm not doing all that running every day, all day. I, I'll work my way into shape as the season goes on. And this is Rob Gronkowski. He's one of the best tight ends in NFL history. And he said, well, I just put on the same, I put on the, the three different shirts on the same workout in one day just to satisfy my coach's need for me to work out three days a week. Let me say something, man. You're going to let every guy that's 300 pounds plus <laughs> free for, for five months. You're going to let every guy that's 300 pounds, so when they come in camp looking like this thing we let go here eight weeks into our season, who I couldn't pronounce his name because people thought I couldn't. I didn't want to. <laughs> and I would not pronounce his name now. If you want a bunch of those running around your yep. camp, have at it. Have at it. And then when it's, when it's all said and done, now this is where it's going to really lead to, is now you're going to start saying we don't need all these weeks of training camp because they're already talking about cutting back on training camp. So now all of these fat dudes walking walk the camp, and the coach is going crazy with the ownership, and, and you start asking, well, we need like three weeks now just to get in shape. Hmm. Nah, it ain't going to work, brother. I'm yeah. telling you, then the dollar bills, the, the ownership going to lose dollar bills now. It will right. work if, if, if the player association come back and say, well, we know we wanted 49 or 50%. We'll, give, we'll take 46%. Okay, we, hands up. <laughs> I think but that, unless you're giving back some points, they ain't, they ain't going yeah. for that, bro. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a collective bargaining agreement. And I think part of that, you may see, you know, the owners want an 18th game. They want, they're going to have 17 this year to make up some revenue. And they're, they're shooting for 18. And this may be a bargaining chip where the players say, yeah, we'll play that 18th game, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to have so much time in the offseason. We're, we're required to be there. So. And a lot of guys going to get cut. And a they, lot of fat guys going to get cut. I'm just telling you. If, Watch. If they agree to that, we'll continue to be the dumbest union in all of sports. They, baseball, basketball, hockey, they all laugh at our, our players' union. All of them. Hmm. They all laugh at our – because the NFL players' union is, is the weakest, the most divided, and the dumbest. And if you, if you think adding an 18 game and taking away more practice time is going to be better for you, this, listen, these, these, these athletes now – they, they don't want to work. They don't want to work when you got to work. And now you're going to give them more free time. Yeah. You're, you're, you're asking, you're begging, you're inviting trouble for your league. Mm-hmm. I'm and, just, and, that's just my, and, my, my pick and, on that. And to Nate's point, the NFL has done an amazing job over the last 10 to 15 years to make the NFL a 12 month a year sport. If you think about it, it's not by accident. Ever think since Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Every you, since got, Jimmy Johnson came into the league. You've got, you know, the only really downtime is between after the Super Bowl and when free agency starts, which is the middle of March. Think about it. you got free agency in March. you got the draft in April. you got OTAs in May. you got OTAs and minicamps in June. you got training camp in July. 
in August. Then you roll into the season, and in the end of the season, you got the Pro Bowl, and then you got the Super Bowl again. And then it's a 12, and they've done a, a tremendous job with the draft, taking the draft from this boring, who cares, whatever, to turning it into this three-day, you can't miss this event, at least on the first night anyway. They've turned it into this drama that they've, you know, they start teasing a month out and now it's that's turned into an event on its own so they're they're slowly building every month to be a huge event and like Nate said if you take off-season activities out of that that takes two or three months of programming off the table because they're in the news they're leading off sports center every day they're they're being talked about they're building their brand they're making money for the league which in turn makes money for the players so like Jesse said if they do this, they're 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 not thinking big picture from a player standpoint, and they're they're making the pie smaller. So I, if they do it, I think like you said, Kurt, it's a bargaining chip. It's something that they'll give and take. But I don't think there's any way they just do away with off season activities. It doesn't make sense on either side to me. Yeah. Well, what if what if this season it, it has all the appearances that it's going to be much like last season because of COVID restrictions. I mean, how much is this going to hurt the Cowboys? They got you know what, another man. new defensive coordinator. Then we need to go sign Tom Brady so he can go get a football field somewhere <laughs> so we can get our players going. I, I, I'm being honest, man. I'm being honest. We, we, we were allowed to tell our fans that, and it's, it's four or five other new coaches last year that didn't have this disaster we had. But we were allowed to tell our fans, okay, we got injured, we had a new coach, we had new this, players didn't buy in. Well, everybody else bought in. Right. Now so, you're new again. So it's no way in the world. If I'm Coach McCarthy, I'll just be getting fined. I'll just write the, the, uh, a letter to the, to, to the people in New York, Big Park Avenue, say, look at here. Oh, uh, man, <laughs> I, I got to work this year. I got to go to work. Uh, I have to go to work. And, and these and players got to go to work. And most of the most of these coaches like, I mean, you you take your half the league is probably turning into younger coaches who understand who understand that the, the the Zoom etiquette and the way of teaching. But most coaches aren't built like that. Most coaches are more built on, let me get my hands on these players. Let's get on the football field. Let's actually see this thing in motion with live people in person, bodies on bodies, pads on pads, helmet on a helmet. That's how they function. And when you take that away and you ask them to go and do things virtually, they, they're, not, they're not good at doing things virtually. They're not good at doing this thing over the computer where guys are sitting in another room. No, I want to be able to see the white of your eyes. I want to be able to hear the grunts that's happening on the football field. I want to be able to correct on the run. I want to be able to see the players and go, you know what? This guy can't cover in the flats. This guy can't really cover. That guy can't really run routes. This guy really cannot block. You know what? He can't throw. But I don't get a chance to see that if all my offseason is done virtually or cut down to a very limited amount. And then you get in training camp and you make it even harder on yourselves because the I got to now. Picks up. The speed picks up. But also now I got to try to evaluate players, make a roster, oh, and get ready for a football season. Like that's 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 hard in itself just to evaluate the players and, and get a roster. Now you got to add into how do I game plan for my next opponent in the next three or four weeks in one training camp? That's that's not. Hey, and, and, you know, this is the big thing that everybody say. Well, they do it in college. Well, if you Bama, is you really word? 
Is you Clemson? <laughs> Are you really worried? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You just go out and say, hey, that's the number. That dude is a future first round pick. Come play with us. Yeah, but but they yeah. but you still get winter. You still get winter winter workouts. You still get spring yeah. ball. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, they say that the play, the college player come from virtually zero to a thousand miles an hour. Well, you can't put that product. On, like you said, Jack, you can't put that product because this guy may look good playing at Bama, but what if he come in and, like you say, can't run a correct route and here's Dak throwing to a space where a guy's supposed to be, but in yeah. college he could get there because of supreme athletic ability. But here you can't get there against uh, Tampa Bay because they ain't a lot. Excuse me. I, 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 okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just to, to give you an idea how far things have come, I was watching an interview with Tom Landry probably back in 1976, 77, something like that. And it was the second week of training camp. The, the, the rookies had been there two weeks. It was yes, the first week, first week of the uh, veterans. That Saturday, after the first week, they were playing a full Blue contact. White. Blue white. Full contact scrimmage, tackling to the ground, full contact. And then they had six preseason games before the actual season started. It was eight started. weeks. <laughs> it was eight crazy. weeks. We, it was eight weeks. When I got there, it was six weeks. But before yeah. I got there, it was eight weeks, and we had 240 guys. And by the time I got there, it was down <laughs> to 160. Oh, you know, and uh, wow. it was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. <laughs> I mean, you you got in there, man. You got your sword, and you got the gladiating as soon as you got there, bro. It's <laughs> like, like? Uh, they didn't ask me was I in shape. They just found some pads where they weren't really pads. They, they put together some pads because they ain't had nothing fat for a fat guy. So they <laughs> put together like? a couple of pads. <laughs> they just put two the helmet, and here I go. I came into the league people. on the tail end of that. Go ahead, Jesse. Go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead, Jesse. I said I came in the league on the tail end of that. Like when I got into the league, we were still doing we were still doing two a days, rookie mini camp. I was ready to quit. I said this is this is they they ran us into the ground rookie. This is worse than fourth and long. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like is he for the cuss? He almost cussed. I said I, I said I don't know about this man. And it was full pads, two a days. It wasn't all this two a day walkthrough stuff. No, no, no. It was full pads, hitting, tackling. Every day wasn't no schedule off day. You, you know when you got your off day? When coach felt like you did enough to get an off day. It, it wasn't like no every third day or every fifth day you, you got a designated hey, off day. I would tell you what's so funny, man. We was in, we was in California a couple of years ago, and they had did the three-day – uh, acclimation deal. And then on the fourth day, that morning they did a walkthrough, right? Then that afternoon they had practice and like four guys missed practice some of the veteran off day. I said to myself, <laughs> they just came through a walkthrough. <laughs> and on the first day they were, boy, and, and I love it because not all teams had that option. Before, we didn't, the Cowboys never had that option. Coach Landry used to kill us and Coach Johnson used to kill us. We didn't have a – we had to go like – one week we went like uh, 10 days straight before we had an off day, and that was just a half a night off. And it, it, so <laughs> Let's take our yeah, last like break. Had, huh? Let's take our last break. When we come back, we need to congratulate one of an – an 88 did something really big and overdue and well-deserving over the weekend – Let's talk about who the next person will be to do that same feat as a Dallas Cowboy. And then whatever else Kurt wants to talk about. In the last segment, come back, find out what all that is and more on Hanging with the Boys.
Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, We've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to hanging with the boys. You know what you should probably do when this weather clears up and it's safe to drive? You should probably go tour AT&T Stadium. It's the home of the Dallas Cowboys. You can go run on the field. You can see the locker room and a lot more. Tours are available daily, so <laughs> check out the details. Visit attstadium.com tours. One of these segments, I will, I will let you know about all of my experiences at the stadium. And Jesse and Nate can tell you how nice nice that locker room is. So, fellas, finally, Drew Pearson got into the Hall of Fame over the weekend. Long overdue, much deserved. I've I've seen news and seen reports that due up next, possibly on the Hall of Fame ballot, could be Tony Romo and Demarcus Ware. Are those possibly, are either either one of those going to get in? Either one of those worthy? Should they get in? First time ballot? Are those the next two guys that will get in? Kurt, what do you think? Uh, Ware should, for sure. I think he's one of the all-time leaders in, yeah. in sacks. He, he should be a problem. Romo's going to be one of those kind of bubble guys where, you know, if he'd, if he'd won a title, you know, he'd... he'd Probably, you know, you look at, compare him to Eli Manning. I mean, he statistically and as a quarterback, he's probably, uh, you know, better. But, you know, Manning's got the rings. So um, Romo's probably going to be one of those Hall of Very Goods type guys. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think DeMarcus Ware is a, is a shoe-in. Like, that, that's hands down, without a question, D-Ware will wear a yellow jacket sooner rather than later um first ballot uh it depends on who all he's going up against um Mm -hmm. but for sure he's getting in there uh tony might be on that drew 
Pearson route to the Hall of Fame if he gets in. It's probably going to have to be one of those centennial-type deals or you know, down the line where maybe the ballot isn't as thick of, of letting people you know, uh, into the, that year. Um, I think he has some really good numbers, but ultimately, and we, we say that it shouldn't be, but quarterbacks are judged on rings. And you can have all the numbers you want in the world, but did you get that bling-bling? And for Tony, he was, he was unable to secure it. And so there will be a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, you look at the Eli Mannings and uh, the, the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world. Um, when they begin to retire and start making their march towards the Hall of Fame, you know, it all depends on who Tony's run up against. And, you know, maybe in a couple years, but I don't, I don't think initially when he's, when he's available to get in, he won't, he won't get in. It'll, it'll take some time for him to get in. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to ask you, uh, Jesse and Nate, too. If, if, I don't know how much you watched Drew Pearson, but he wasn't all that big. He was six foot, 180 something. He, he wasn't all that fast. And he, Late you know, a lot of the hi- yeah, a lot of the highlights I saw, it was it looked like he was kind of more of a body catcher type than you know. But what was he like a fantastic route runner, or did he just have a fantastic quarterback throwing to him? I mean, what what made him so great? I guess his swag, his yeah. swag, and the knowing where to be. Mike Irvin said something one time, and Jesse may can expound on it a little bit better than I can. Mike Irvin said, ain't that you got to be a great route runner. You just got to be where you're supposed to be when the ball needs to be there. And that's what that's what he was to, to Roger. You know, him and Roger just could look at each other, and they knew what was going to happen. So, And he could always make that catch. You know, you had Bush Johnson, who was much faster. You had a lot of other guys, uh, Golden Riches, I think, guys like that that was much faster, better route runners. But he was that complete package, and he was the guy that Roger believed in the most to make it happen. Mm. Had Tony Hill, a young Tony Hill that could fly, you yeah. know. So he was that guy, just much more like Michael Irvin. We had a lot of guys that were faster that could do everything. But when the ball was supposed to arrive at a certain place and we needed to play, Michael Irvin was that guy. Hey, Kurt, I got a question for you. We were talking yeah. Hall of Fame stuff. It seems like recently when – you know, cow, former Cowboys have have been up for or or going to be up for the Hall of Fame. That they, you know, it seems like they get inducted into the Ring of Honor as kind of a launching pad to help them get into the Hall of Fame. Do you do you see right. with Tony and Demarcus, you know, being up for possible Hall of Fame nominations? Do you think that we'll see them inducted into the Ring of Honor this off or this year? Oh, I don't. That's a good question. I mean, they obviously will be at some point, um, but I don't know if it'll be this year or not. It, it may depend, you know, if we have fans in the stands, if they want to make a big, big uh, kind of production out of it or not. Um, but it, uh, when they'll go in, I'm not sure, but they'll definitely go in. I mean, you've got those two. You've got Witten will be going in here in a few years. I mean, there's some guys coming up that, that uh, will definitely be included. You know, there's some guys from the past that you wonder if, you know, a lot of people would like to see included an Everson Walls type or a Tutal Jones or a Harvey Martin, you know, and you wonder if they'll ever get a chance at it. You, you, all the greats of the Steelers are in, all the greats of the Raiders are in. You know, I used to jokingly say it is conspiracy theory against the Cowboys. I used to, that, that thing is real. 
<laughs> that, 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 that thing is real. I mean, I, we have more we have more major guys in broadcasting around the league and the NFL in major spots. Uh, for these guys to be in the places that they're in, and, and, and it, I think sometime when you are that local guy that has that vote, you'd be like, here's my chance to make my mark, and it won't be for the Dallas Cowboys. Just think we own CBS. We own Fox. We got Troy. We got Tony Romo. We got mm-hmm. Moose Johnson. We got guys all over the place. We got Michael Irvin. We got Deion Sanders uh, doing his thing. We got guys all over the place. Now, whether you want to say they are our guys or not, they're our guys. Yeah. Oh, guy from from you. You know, I was kind of disappointing as Cowboys fans to see you know Lynch go into the, the Hall of Fame and Woodson not even you know get get close. I guess he got kind of close, but that's another guy you'd like to see from the Cowboys get in there is Darren Woodson. So mm. uh, you know, uh, like I say, the much money as Mister Jones has made for these guys, much uh, big ideas as he's brought. You know. Uh, you would think, you know, and yeah, people say, well, Nate, you now you you acting like the rest of the guys. You right. I am. I'm a Dallas Cowboy through and through, so you right. <laughs> I am acting like the other guys. You know, it's conspiracy theory against the, the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo should get on there just broadcasting alone. Put him in there for that. Nah. <laughs> That's true. He changed the game. Tony Romo changed the game when he became a broadcaster. He definitely he changed the pay scale. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Better. Kurt, you, you got seven yeah. minutes. What are we talking about? Uh, well, there's a couple of news items that came out just within the last couple of days I thought I'd throw out you to get your opinions on. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys heard uh, Russell Wilson kind of made some news uh, yesterday, in fact. It, you know, a lot of rumors out there now that he might be requesting a trade behind the scenes and he's not happy with Seattle and, and that you know he wants more say in free agent signings, that sort of thing. Uh, it's just just all kind of you know the rumor mill kicking up, or do you think uh, there's a chance that you know Seattle would let Russell get out of there? Let, let me say this before we start. Quarterbacks, y'all may not want to listen to those fat offensive linemen. Things ain't nice in that real world like you think now. <laughs> things ain't, they, everybody ain't gonna fall on that on that, on that apple pie like Tom Brady. Trust me when I tell you this. Things ain't always nice outside the fence now. Stay in your own pasture, bro. But let, let me also say this. I love. I, oh, I love it too. Yeah, love it. I love the fact that players have finally come around to understanding just how much power they actually have in this league. And while most people will say, well, you guys need to shut up and dribble or shut up and just play, you make it, whatever, (laughs) whatever. I love the fact because at the end of the day, no matter how much these quarterbacks or players make, the ownership makes three times that, four times that from their play on the field. So while people may say, well, you make 100, he made $100 million, cool. Seattle made $600 million. They made a bill, whatever it is. <laughs> yes, they so, did. So if, if, if there's a situation, because teams, when they are done with you, when, you, when your, solo, your services are no longer needed for that team, they don't give you, they, they don't give you many options. They just say, Bloop, we're done with you. See ya, you're out the door. So I am so happy and glad to see players understanding that now and saying, you know what? 
things aren't the way that I want them to be. So I'm out. Just like you would do me if I wasn't performing up to where you wanted me to perform, you tell me, get out. So I'm gonna see myself out because you aren't doing things that make me happy as your franchise player. So I, I love it. I, I love it, I love it, I love it. And I know, I know that some of these owners, they're not used to the, to the pushback. Um, and we won't get into the history of the NFL. Cause it was an interesting thing that I did watch prior to, and I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to kind of cut your, cut into your, your thing, Kurt. Go, but there, no, was, go. There, there was, there was an interesting thing that I watched and maybe one day we'll get deeper into this thing. Cause it has a, it has a kind of a, a racial understanding of the NFL and where the NFL started. And I didn't know that there was a period where the NFL had kind of blackballed black players from playing in the league for a lot of these teams. And you start to just think to yourself, right? This was like happening like in the 19, I think it was like 1930s and 40s. And you look at some of the people and ownership of teams, like the owners of those teams who are in their 80s and 90s, like they grew up in that era. Like they grew up in that era of, of how football was played back then. Like they were, their foundation was taught in that era. So again, that's another conversation for another day, but it just gives you a better understanding of how sometimes you say, well, why isn't there any black coaches and black, you know, ownership and, 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 and things of that nature and GMs and stuff like that. And you start looking at the history of the NFL and now who's running the NFL, what the owners and the people in power, a lot of them come from, from that area. So I am extremely happy when I see guys like Russell Wilson and Westbrook, I mean Westbrook and Watson kind of take back that, that power and say, no, if you're not, if you guys aren't going to do right by me, then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to flex my power and go elsewhere. But even a little bit further, uh, is some rumblings, okay, Green Bay won't help with their salary cap. And their quarterback saying, okay, when I needed help last year in the draft, y'all went out and repaid me with a quarterback, yeah, my future yeah. backup. So if y'all yeah. want me, guess what? We're going to have to do some restructuring of contracts. So I'm with you there. I mean, but the reason I said that right there, because it is not a lot of teams built for that, that, that quick success. Yo, Ray's saying, let people know how valuable I am with that as a player. But be careful with which team you choose, that you may not be walking into a worse situation. Wouldn't it make sense for owners to talk to a guy like Wilson to get his perspective and opinion on free agents? I think he has said that, you know, he's a player. He's seeing these, he's, he's up against these guys. He may, he may know things about them more so than a general manager sitting in the in an office, you know. Well, what value opening up a the, can of worms? Wait, the way they look at it, like they told Aaron Rodgers uh, before the McCarthy deal, when he went in and said, "Hey, uh, what about this and what about that?" And they told him, "You go play, and we'll get players." But he never forgot that. Hmm. Aaron Rodgers never forgot that. So when his time came, it's like, okay, now what? So now they listen to him. Uh, I think Russell Wilson should be on that same level. If he walk into your office and say, hey, coach, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about it? You should at least conversate with this guy. You shouldn't be like, hey, man, players playing, coaches coaching, scouts, scouts, because you know what? 
it, it don't always work that way. And the successful guys are like the guys like Tom Brady who learned how to do it and went to Green and went to Tampa Bay. And, and, and his coach, uh, they, their head coach said, man, I let Tom take over some practices to a certain extent because when you have a player with that dominance and that ability to know what he wants and what he needs from his receivers and running backs, you got to let him go. And if Russell has that knowledge now and Aaron has that knowledge, let them go. I mean, you don't let them take over your practice, but you have a segment where these guys can be, uh, show their powers, you know, because yep. they do it on the field for you. Why not let them do it in practice too? I, th- I think yeah. you're seeing, Kurt, I think you're seeing a, a shift in the way that the league is going to look in the coming years. You saw it in the NBA when players started talking in the offseason and they – you started creating these super teams. I think what Jesse said, you're you're starting to see, and what Nate said, your quarterbacks are getting so smart that they're running their own offense. They're calling their own plays. They're they have so much feedback that the coaches are starting to let them run their own kind of their own offense. I think they're realizing so the United the power. States coming back. Yeah, and I, I feel like they're starting to to realize that hey, you know, if they're not going to help me win and give me what I need, then I'll go somewhere that I can I can do what Brady's done. I think he's changed the way the game's going to look because now you're starting to hear, you know, Watson wanted out of where he's at. Now you're hearing Russell Wilson, and I think it's going to your elite quarterbacks that can go run an offense and run a team. I think you're going to start seeing ownership listen to these guys and say, hey, come be my quarterback and I'll give you more control. Hey, Aaron, you want out of Green Bay? Come here and I'll give you total control of the offense within what the coach wants to do. I think you're going to see that more and more. I think this is a big, a, going to be a big deal in the NFL in the, in the coming years. So. Because Kurt, the wide receivers couldn't push it the way it needed to be done in the, in the, in the running backs. But quarterbacks, elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. Just think, we got 32 teams, we got all these colleges, and every year we still only talk about one or two quarterbacks coming out of the draft when there's a plethora of other positions. But everybody's looking for one elite quarterback that can take them to the the next level. Are you smart enough as a coach to see this guy and envision your game plan? Are you man enough and willing enough to adjust what you do so this quarterback can take you to the next level? A lot of coaches ain't willing to do that yet. Yep. Fellas, it has been fun. The hour goes by way too fast, and it's not often enough. But you know what? Before we know it, we'll be back doing this thing daily because the season will be upon us really quick. I can't wait, especially to get this cold weather out of Dallas. It's not supposed to be this mm. cold in the south. I love Kurt, it. No. I've been hibernating, Nate, man. We so <laughs> spoiled. We so spoiled. We are so spoiled. No, oh, we ain't nah, seen a lick of winter all October, no November. <laughs> we had 70 degrees in December, 70 in January. We get four or five days of a little bit cold. Yep. All of a sudden now, we're done. We're, we're over it. Saying, oh, oh my God, this winter, we just can't <laughs> take this anymore. We are the only thing I hate is I've been, the only thing I hate is I've been hibernating and they lost a pound. <laughs> Most bears hibernate, lose weight. I gain weight. Yeah, because you, you hibernate with a full refrigerator. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say, yeah, you hibernate. You're supposed to stop eating, Nate. That's how it works. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. I thought hibernate me eat more. Uh, <laughs> Nate, Jesse, Kurt, Chris Beam, thanks for keeping us on the air. We'll be back next Thursday, same time, 11:30, from Frisco or somewhere in the Metroplex. This has been hanging with the boys. See you, fellas. <laughs>